Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 152. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Romero. The Australian Power Pop Five Piece have just released their debut record, which is entitled Turn It On. In today's episode, we're speaking with guitarist Fergus Sinclair about the band's varied musical past, being featured in Pitchfork, and touring Australia later this year. Here we go. Our guest today is one of the guitarists for up and coming band Romero. They're an incredible five piece from Melbourne, Australia whose sound seamlessly blends power pop, soul, and punk. They're celebrating this week as they've released their debut record, Turn It On. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Ferg Sinclair from Romero. Hello, sir. How are we? G'day, Simon. Very well. How are you? Very well, thank you, Ferg. Uh, Whereabouts uh, whereabouts are you joining us from today? Uh, I'm here from my place in uh, Brunswick in Melbourne. Uh, weather is a little bit overcast, but if it does rain, then that's welcome. It's been a bit of a humid summer and just about over it, really. From everyone I've spoken to, it seems like um, Melbourne, which is not a city known for its heat, has um, has had quite a bit of a bit of a hot summer. Yeah, it's. Um, I guess yeah, it's, it's been a bit slowly, gradually, especially January is always kind of the humidity really kicks off and um, where I work there's like a small amount of air conditioning or like a little bit of I guess fan movement but it's it's still it's still not quite enough and generally like I'm a pretty profuse sweater as it is so <laughs> um, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm well and truly looking forward to the cool change. I think that's very fair. I think Melbourne, um, many, many, many years ago, I used to live in Melbourne for a few years, and um, I think it thrives when it's at its coolest or coldest, if if you will. Mm, yeah, definitely. Like autumn, uh, yeah, it's definitely the best season, I feel, to be in Melbourne. It's always beautiful. And it's 100% agreed. <laughs> too intense, yeah. Um, Ferg, it is a very exciting week uh, for yourself and the band. The debut record, Turn It On, is out now. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, incredibly exciting to finally have it out and about. Um, Yeah, it was a long process 
throughout even recording, a lot of stopping and starting. But, yeah, it's all full steam ahead now, which is yeah, very exciting. <laughs> the I'm, I'm curious, I know the band is still very young in terms of its um, formation. I think it, the band was only formed in 2019. Um, but, yeah, I'm curious, how long have these songs and this album kind of been in the works? Um, yeah, so I guess it was kind of like early talks about us starting the band properly kicked off maybe late 2018 and that was maybe when we were kind of first having our initial rehearsals and kind of just sort of getting a feel for one another in the, in the, in the process. Like I think it was never anything, it was maybe a couple instances where, you know, uh, a couple of us had songs that we'd sort of had lying around together for maybe two or three years and then, uh, yeah, we're just kind of waiting for the right project to sort of see them flourish, I guess, and uh, kind of, uh, yeah, just waiting for the right opportunity to, you know, properly I guess experience and uh, flesh out all these ideas a bit more. So yeah, I, I guess the back end of 2018 and then that majority of 2019 was us sort of doing a few shows here and there, but mainly it was just kind of trying to get a good catalog of songs together um, that we were all really happy with. And I guess, yeah, we all come from pretty diverse musical backgrounds um, some of us kind of in a lot of like soul circles and then I guess the majority of us like myself, Dave, Adam and Murray, probably a few more, I guess, kind of punk leaning circles. And then, um, yeah, it was just kind of trying to create a sound that really perfectly depicted or allowed for all of us to kind of really be excited about and ticked all of our sort of internal boxes as far as what a good pop song should sound like. Um, yeah, I've on a bit there, but yeah, I guess <laughs> properly started, uh, I would say, yeah, like summer of 2019 was when we were kind of really hanging out quite a lot and jamming a lot and sort of getting to know each other via, you know, sharing tunes together and kind of, yeah, really trying to gauge what we all sort of wanted to create together collectively as far as the Sonics go. And yeah, just kind of really a lot of work going towards, yeah, making sure that we were all happy with how each and every song kind of formed together and was sounding. Um, yeah, the the sound of the record is kind of, um, I guess, like what you touched on in, in the the fact that the five of you have very different backgrounds. I know um, that I believe the a few of the guys were already kind of working together. I know that you and Alana came in a little bit later, as you mentioned. I think there was a bit of a soul background with Alana and a, and a punk background with yourself, and I think that it is reflected in that sound. It's um, the the record is like a power pop but kind of punky 70s <laughs> um, 
record that seems to kind of really blend all these genres really well. And and I'm yeah, I, I guess when you first set out, was it was there a discussion that it would have to be something that was balanced between all of you in terms of your interests, or was it just as you kind of said, like that you went in what you worked out organically, kind of what you guys wanted the band to sound like? Yeah, I think uh, it was sort of maybe a little bit intimidating for me personally to come into that sort of core group of Dave, uh, Adam and Murray who had played together in a band for a very, very long time and that sort of uh, ended just before we started Romero at some point during 2018 and then I was playing in another band called Eyesores uh, with Dave um, as well. So I at least had a bit of commonality there with Dave as far as uh, bouncing off each other with ideas and sort of slowly trying to uh, get an understanding of our musical dynamic. Um, And then, yeah, I guess as far as... Uh, conceptualizing the sound for Romero, it sort of all was born out of, uh, I guess, a lot of immediacy and just kind of uh, really wanting to jam for the sake of jamming. Um, and then it was sort of the early couple of days were, yeah, as I was mentioning earlier, kind of trialing out some songs that uh, all of us had lying around for a very long time and we're kind of waiting for an opportunity for other people to sort of latch onto it, bounce off of it. Um, and I think the kind of end result is, yeah, sort of what you were talking about is just a whole bunch of influences uh, kind of really going in hard together and, blending up and really trying to sort of make it work um, naturally and not trying to force things too much, I guess. It's just sort of, uh, you know, when we're sort of writing a song, we're not necessarily thinking about the direction of it. It's just kind of like, okay, what can we all individually bring to the table um, there's not so much like, oh, you know, you should play the guitar like this or you should sing the vocal melody like this. It's just kind of like just do what feels right, I guess, um, which was, yeah, it, it was kind of very, I think, very liberating for all of us to sort of give ourselves that freedom to just kind of operate on what the idea was, what someone's idea was, um, and, yeah, what is coming out, what does come out in the band room when we were writing songs, it's just kind of, yeah, more so a product of each other's individual influences, um, which, yeah, we think sort of come together quite nicely without kind of overly <laughs> conceptualising it too much, just kind of like, um, yeah, just sort of go for it. Yeah, 100%. Well, I think that it um it seems to have worked so far. This this record um is fantastic and it seems that you guys in a short amount of time have already kind of uh garnered attention from I think um NME have had you as a band to watch. You've been featured in Pitchfork and Rolling Stone. Like it is a very exciting kind of time 
to be releasing this album because, yeah, it seems like there is quite a lot of interest around you guys and the songs that you're putting out. Yeah, that's it's kind of it's it's wild. I think uh, initially the whole idea around what we wanted to do was, as I was saying, it kind of wasn't really uh, anything conceptual. It was just like we just want to make something that we're all you know really really proud of and uh, something that kind of we just all collectively feel is is really great. Um, I think, yeah, I I wouldn't say any of us are kind of like stubborn or anything in our sort of musical preferences. I think it's just, uh, you know, maybe we're sort of very, I mean, I guess, yeah, personally maybe a little bit particular about the type of things that I, you know, sort of listen to or, uh, or just kind of I'm sort of drawn towards, but I think, um, yeah, it, making room for everyone to kind of have that same uh, feeling that, yeah, like what we're doing is is really fun and, and something that we're really, really proud of is, is, is always like a, a primary focus. And, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's really nice uh, to think that, you know, on a personal level we've sort of achieved what we were setting out to do as far as, you know, just make – a good record for the purpose of making a good record. And, um, yeah, the fact that, you know, people are, are latching onto it and enjoying it is, yeah, is really just like a, a really nice kind of little bonus. Um, but yeah, something that we sort of didn't really, I guess, yeah, ex- expect. It was just sort of, yeah, the whole purpose of this record was just to, yeah, kind of make it, a good record that we we're all really proud of. And yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's still very nice to, yeah, to have those types of, of accolades and it's wild at the same time, but yeah, very nice. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, the mm. current single halfway out the door is, is out now and it's a little bit more of a, I want to say it's like a little bit more of a torch song in terms of that. It's not quite a ballad, but it, compared to some of the other tracks on the record, it's not as like, you know, upbeat or it is like a bit more of a, 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 a rock ballad, if you will. Um, uh, when you guys are kind of sitting around and, and songwriting, what is that process like? Cause I know Alana from, from what I researched, Alana will kind of get an idea of a song or the lyrics and then, yeah, I'm wondering where it goes from there. Yeah, I think, uh, with halfway out the door specifically, I think that was sort of um, a really good marriage of two ideas. Where that was one that I think Adam had the main hook for for quite a long, quite a long time, and maybe it was tried to like was maybe experimented with in Adam, Dave, and Murray's other band, other band, sorry, called Some Blood. Uh, and then, yeah, I think Alana just had, uh, a pretty, uh, sort of planned out structured idea of lyrics for just anything that she'd just written down. Uh, and they just kind of, I think, yeah, she just used those lyrics pretty like instantaneously once she heard Adam's riff. 
Um, but I guess, yeah, the, the songwriting process in, in general is mainly, yeah, formed out of someone having a loosely formed idea, uh, even if it's just like maybe just a chorus or just an idea for a verse or maybe just a, just a hook. And usually that's about it until, you know, it comes to the group where we all sort of hear it and try to understand the vibe of it and then kind of add our own little parts here and there, you know? Um, so maybe someone will just suggest where if it, you know, maybe starts out as a verse, then we kind of collectively work on the chorus. It's kind of rare for one of us to sort of come to the group where there's a full song already formed. Um, there's maybe very few instances on the record where that, that was a thing. Um, because yeah, as I was kind of saying earlier, I think, uh, yeah, there was a big, uh, sort of idea on making sure that we all had as many creative freedoms with the song as possible and just letting each other sit in the, sit in the songs and, um, yeah, not really saying like, you know, yeah, you should play like here's your guitar part or here's your bass part. Here's how the drum should be. It's just like, this is my idea. Everyone else kind of, you know, do your thing on it, which is, yeah, I think, uh, a really enjoyable quality for all of us. And yeah, just kind of means that, yeah, all the credit is spread out across <laughs> all the of us it's, rather than it being one particular <laughs> genius or anything like that. And it's very, very, very collaborative. It's not a um it's not a McCartney and Lennon kind of thing. It's all all five get that equal. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> kind of yeah gets their um, slice. Ferg, do you remember what originally got you into playing the guitar and kind of songwriting to begin with? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um... I, I, I just, I think like originally, uh, like my brother is, well, he's now trying to finally remove himself from his past, which is 
heavily rooted in hip hop. Um, and I think, uh, you know, in, when, when I was growing up, he was really trying to sort of, I guess, show me his favorite sort of hip hop mixtapes or he would make me hip hop mixtapes that I would kind of get really, really into, but, and I was sort of obsessed with the kind of the energy of it and the feel of it and the grooves and everything. And I think over time, uh, for me personally, it kind of became less about what the, the, the rappers were saying and kind of more about the production styles. And I think there was a, a song by, uh, common, uh, it's called invocation and it had this incredible guitar lick sample that was used throughout the, throughout the song. And, uh, I think like just hearing that particular riff, uh, which I think came from like a, a jazz guitarist or something. I forget what the original was actually from, but I remember that was like a really like profound moment where I was like, that's like the coolest thing I've ever heard as far as a piece of music goes up until that point. I was still pretty young. It's maybe about like 12 or 13. And then I guess, you know, getting older, getting into high school and, you know, the only way you can kind of make friends is sort of, I guess, listening to what everyone else is listening to or something, or that's at least how I approached it. And I guess from there fell in with a group of people who were all sort of into punk music and into, uh, you know, like eighties Brit pop and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, the Smiths and I guess, um, yeah, like from there it's sort of all kind of, I guess like the, the roots of punk and kind of getting into bands like the Stooges and the Ramones and all the kind of classics. Um, and yeah, I think still wanting to, as, as far as like actually wanting to pursue being a songwriter, I think, uh, that really came, uh, around that, that sort of time in high school where I was, yeah, you know, constantly talking about those types of bands with friends and, then they kind of were starting to do their own kind of, you know, crappy little high school bands. But I guess I didn't really have much of a, like I I just, for some reason I didn't, I wasn't a part of those bands. Like they'd already been playing guitar for however many years. And I sort of played drums initially. And there was just always like an interest in music, but um, yeah, as far as songwriting, that didn't come till yeah maybe about when I was like 17 or 18 and I was like, well, all my like, other friends are doing it. So I may as well give it a crack. But I was just kind of like doing really interesting Bob Dylan covers on my own with a Squire Telecaster. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, just kind of spent a long time uh, trying to write my own music and I didn't really think that I got okay at it until maybe, you know, five or six, uh, five or six years after, you know, 
year 10, so probably not until I was like maybe 21 or 22. And then I started, you know, falling in with a, another group of friends and it was the same kind of thing. They were all into punk music, so I was like, oh, well, I should probably <laughs> start a band and properly use these songs to something. And then, it, yeah, it just kind of all grew from there. Um, but, yeah, I think the community aspect of, um, you know, playing in punk bands and the expressive nature of it was something that, yeah, really kind of struck me more so than my brother's hip-hop, even though, that you know, it's nothing against the hip-hop genre. It's still just as expressive. But, um, yeah, I think naturally I gravitated towards wanting to make punk music a little bit more because that might have been a, you know, genetic thing or I don't know what it was, but, yeah. <laughs> Guitar singer. <That's> very, <laughs> That's very fair. I think that... um that especially at that age, it is one of those things where you do tend to kind of, uh, I'm very similar kind of, you not necessarily follow a crowd, but like you see what your friends are doing and you want to be part of that. And it is, I found it the same in terms of following into punk music for a little, little while. And, um, it is, Mm -hmm. um, I think, but kind of going almost circling back to, to Romero and the band, like it is bringing in these different elements. There's almost like, um, one or two of the songs on this record have like, uh, almost reminiscent of kind of like Stax records, Stax, S-T-A-X. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and so I think like there's early, early elements of like R&B or soul and hip-hop in these. So maybe there's some of that still in you and it's still kind of like coming through in little ways. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's still, yeah, like massive. I mean, Murray, who plays bass in the band, is like the Stax aficionado like he's exclusively only listens to like Marvin Gaye and Bill Withers which is you know (laughs) fucking great um but yeah I think probably through listening to hip-hop and kind of hearing all those old school soul samples and then later on discovering what the originals were um yeah still have a massive massive affinity for, you know, like old doo-wop um, soul records, you know, like we often do talk about the Crystals and Supremes a lot in Romero is, I guess, kind of being, yeah, maybe, yeah, big influences um, as far as, I guess, yeah, a lot of Alana's hooks kind of seem like they're sort of taken from that type of error and yeah it's kind of all those phil specter produced brill building kind of pop 60s pop classics are definitely huge influences on ramira i think no, it's, um, it's very cool um the the band is going out on tour i believe there's a few shows in melbourne at the end of april there's also a um, a supporting gig. You guys are supporting Chai, the Japanese punk band at Vivid, which is very exciting. Um, mm. I guess firstly, you're looking forward to those shows, but also can we expect to see you round other parts of the country this year as well? Yeah, really, really looking forward to um, properly playing, doing like a good, a good run of shows. I think there was uh, quite a few things planned um, for 2020 
and then yeah, March 2020 hit and we had this pandemic thing. So uh, it'll be very exciting to yeah properly play like play Sydney and I think we're going to go to Brisbane later on in the year as well and yeah I think the regional dates that are coming up in a couple of weeks uh, we're really really excited for as well um, just to yeah I think I mean me personally I've haven't really played outside of Melbourne um, only on a couple of occasions and you know I love Castle Lane, I love Beechworth and Adam and Dave's parents are um, kind of out, they're based out kind of near Beechworth. So, um, yeah, they'll be really, really fun. Uh, and, yeah, I think there's going to be some more Sydney shows and uh, a festival maybe sometime Uh in August or September around then. I'm a bit confused with the dates at the moment. But, yeah, I'll definitely be doing a lot of East Coast shows uh, eventually later on in the year. And, yeah, good to, good to be playing uh, the launch as well in uh, a couple of weeks as well um, at the Curtain, which is, you know, sadly closing its doors later on this year and, uh, I think we're we're all sort of adamant that it's one of our favourite Melbourne venues, and um, our other uh, the launch show for our seven inch in twenty twenty was another victim of the pandemic, obviously. So I think not being able to play that was a big blow. So yeah, I think just doing like a big hometown show is something that we haven't done yet. So I think uh, yeah, it'll be very very exciting to to to, to play that. 100%. I think there's um, there's quite a few people who are looking forward to that. And um, just a very quick side note, agreed with you on the, the curtain and the, the sadness that it is kind of closing this year. Um, mm. Ferg, we would usually ask our guests what they're currently listening to, if there's anything that has, um, you know, taken your fancy at the moment, whether it be on your record player, your streaming service respectively, is there, yeah, an album or... EP track that you've um, you've kind of got on repeat. Um, there's this amazing artist called Annika, uh, and I think she is originally from London and maybe moved to Berlin uh, a few years ago. I don't know if it was before she recorded the first her first album or if that was just her second one, but her second record came out last year. It's called Change. And the actual song Change is like one of just the most beautiful pieces of music of like I heard from a modern artist in like such a long time. Um, and that was kind of like my first, uh, I guess, taste of Annika. And then the rest of the LP didn't disappoint and then her first uh lp uh i think it might be self-title i need to double check that but that's kind of like this really really interesting mix of like super pop melodies done through this like dub sort of tube so like everything kind of sounds super dubby like 
you know, uh, like Prince Jammy type of bass lines over like Bob Dylan covers, um, which is insane. But yeah, there's like quite a few covers on that first record. Um, I think, yeah, there's, she does like the crystals track, like he hit me and yeah. Masters of war is another really, really great cover on there. But, uh, yeah, she's just, it's like the coolest, coolest thing I've heard for, yeah, a really, really long time. But the song, yeah, change by Annika really completely blew me away the first time I heard it and it still continues to. So, yeah, she rules. I think that's out on Sacred Bones as well. So they're just constantly curating uh, my music taste. <laughs> that sounds very, very interesting and very uh, worth checking out. So I'm definitely going to check that out and we will put the link to Annika in the show notes. Ferg, um, thank you very much for being on the podcast today and congratulations again on Turn It On, which is the record for Romero, which is out now. Thanks so much, Simon. It's been a pleasure to jump on and chat with you. Thanks, Apes. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Ferg Sinclair and Romero for their time. Turn It On is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Gabby and Jenna at Super Duper for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week. Cheers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.